If you'll turn to 2 Kings chapter 22, and we're going to be reading from there the whole story of Josiah. You're probably wondering why I'm going to the Old Testament. As we've been working through the New Testament in our reading, and hopefully at the end of this little lesson, that you'll understand the connection between Mark 16, 16 and what we're talking about in 2 Kings. So while we're reading this, I'd like for you to pay attention to some things. First of all, how did Josiah receive the law? What was his attitude? And look at how it changed those around him and himself. Now, starting in 2 Kings chapter 22. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was Jedidiah, his daughter of Adiah. She was from Bozkas. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of his reign, Josiah sent the secretary, Shaphan, son of Azal, son of Meshulam, to the temple of the Lord. He said, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the gatekeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrust it to the men appointed to supervise the work on the temple, and have these men pay the workers who, who repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders, and the masons. Also have them purchase timber and dress stone to repair the temple. But they need not account for the money entrusted to them because they are honest in their dealings. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan, who read it. Then Shaphan, the secretary, went to the king and reported to him, Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord, have entrusted it to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Kilkiah, the priest, Ahilkim, son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah, the king's attendant. Go inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed his words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that was written there concerning us. Hilkiah the priest, Hakim, Achbor, Shaphan, and Isaiah went to speak to the prophet Hudah, who was wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. 
She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. She said to them, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Tell the man who sent me, sent you to me. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people. According to everything written in the book, the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all idols their hands have made. My anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord. This is what the Lord, God of Israel, says concerning words you heard. Because your heart was responsive to, and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid waste. And because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors, and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place. So they took their answer back to the king. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in the hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord, and follow, to follow the Lord and keep his commandments, statutes, and decrees, with all his heart and with all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. The king ordered Hilkiah, the high priest, the priest next in rank, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord all the articles made for Baal and Azra and all the starry host. He burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron Valley and took the ashes to Bethel. He did away with the adulterous priest appointed by the kings of Judah to burn incense on high places in the towns of Judah and on those around Jerusalem. Those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun and moon, to the constellations and all the starry host. He took the Azra pole from the temple of the Lord to Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem and burned it there. He ground at the powder and scattered the dust over the graves of the common people. He also tore down the quarters of the male shrine prostitutes that were in the temple of the Lord, the quarters where the women did weaving for Azra. Josiah brought all the priests from the towns of Judah and desecrated the high places from Geba to Beersheba, where the priests had burned incense. He broke down the gateway at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the city governor, which was on the left of the city gate. Although the priests of the high places did not serve at the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, they ate unleavened bread while with their fellow priests. He desecrated Sopheth, which was in the valley of Ben-Haman. No one could use it to sacrifice their son or daughter in the fire to Moak. He removed from the entrance to the temple of the Lord the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun. They were in the court near the room 
an official named Nathan Melech. Josiah then burned the chariots dedicated to the sun. He pulled down the altars of the king of Judah, had erected on the roof near the upper room of Asa, and the altars of Manasseh had built the two courts of the temple of God. He removed them from there, smashed them to pieces, and threw the rubble into the Kidron Valley. The king also desecrated the high places that were east of Jerusalem on the south of the hill of corruption, the one Solomon, king of Israel, had built for Azareth, the vile goddess of the Sidonians, for Shemash, the vile god of Moab, and for Moak, the detestable god of the people of Ammon. Josiah smashed the stones, sacred stones, and cut down the Azure poles and covered the sites with human bones. Even the altar at Bethel, the high place, made Jeroboam son of Nebach, who had caused Israel to sin. Even that altar and high place he demolished. He burned the high place and ground it to powder and burned the Asherah pole also. Then Josiah looked around, and when he saw the tombs that were there on the hillside, he had the bones removed from them and buried on the altar to defile it, in accordance with the word of the Lord, proclaimed by the man of God who foretold these things. The king asked, What is that tombstone I see? The people of the city said, It marks the tomb of the man of God who came to, from Judah and pronounced against the altar of Bethel the very things you have done to it. Leave it alone, he said. Don't let anybody disturb his bones. So they spared his bones and those of the prophet who had come from Syria. Just as he had done at Bethel, Josiah removed all the shrines at the high places that the kings of Israel had built in the towns of Samaria and that had aroused the Lord's anger. Josiah slaughtered all the priests of those high places on the altars and burned human bones on them. Then he went back to Jerusalem. He gave this order to all the people. Celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. Neither in the days of judges who led Israel, nor in the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah, had any such Passover been observed. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem. Furthermore, Josiah got rid of the mediums and spiritualists and household gods, the idols and all the other detestable things seen in Judah and in Jerusalem. He did this to fulfill the requirements of the law written in the book that Hilkiah, the priest, had discovered in the temple of the Lord. Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did, with all his heart and with all his soul, with all his strength, in accordance with the law of Moses. Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn away from the heat of his fierce anger, which burned against Judah because of all that Messiah had done to rouse his anger. So the Lord I will, said, I will remove Judah also from my presence as I removed Israel, and I will reject Jerusalem, the city I choose, and this temple about which said my name shall be there. Let's review some of the things that we learned while we were listening. Josiah was eight years old whenever he became a king. That would have been very intimidating for him. 
And whenever he was 26, 18 years into his reign, this story happened. He sent Shaphan to the temple. The reason he sent him there was to arrange for the repair of the temple with the money that had been taken up in accordance with the law. They had allowed the temple to fall in a great state of despair and disrepair. They had to redress the timber and the stones because it was falling apart. While he was there, they found the book of the Lord. They found the book of the law. Strange place to find the book of the law? Probably not, because that's where it belonged. But it also belonged in the hands of the people. Whenever Shephon was given the book, the first thing he did was read it. We notice that Josiah was surrounded by men of integrity. Shephon, Hakiah, the high priest, the prophetess. After Shaphan read the book, he immediately took it to Josiah. Josiah's reaction was to tear his clothes. He was so upset that they weren't following what they were supposed to be doing. They were just merely going through the actions, even though it says in the first verse of Kings, 2 Kings 22, that Josiah was a good man who turned neither to the right or left and followed all the steps of David. It wasn't enough. So what did he do with this? Well, he went and he shared it with others. And how did he do that? He went to the temple and he had it read aloud as he stood by the pillar showing his agreement and his approval of the word of God. And he had all the people listen to the whole word of God. And then he committed himself back to following that word. After that, he removed all the idols. Even from the temple, there were idols actually in the temple of God. How far they'd fallen. Then, he said, we're going to celebrate, and we're going to have a Passover. They hadn't celebrated the Passover for a long, long time. This is before the time of the judges, and all through the kings. He was the first king to observe the Passover. They'd forgotten. And then, he did what is written in the word. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. 
and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses, of your gates. It's exactly what they said in verse 25 that Josiah did. Second of all, how did the Israel, nation of Israel get to this point? I'd like to make a suggestion to you. They forgot the promises that God had made to them. They'd forgotten who their Lord was. They'd forgotten the word. They'd forgotten the law. It was lost. They had to find it in the temple. And from the state of disrepair, it leads me to believe, this is my opinion, that they found it in some place covered with rubble, covered with dirt, dust everywhere. And they had to find it. And the joy that came about because they did find it. The natural thing was just for them to share it. Let's look at some of the promises that they forgot. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Second one. When the Lord, from Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 3, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build. Houses filled with kinds of goods that you did not provide. Wells you did not dig. Vineyards and olive gardens, groves you did not plant. When um, to eat when you are satisfied. Be careful not to forget the Lord your God. Are you beginning to see how important the word of God is to us? Why we should be reading it? Why we should be studying it? Read Deuteronomy 28. That will be the challenge for this week. Look at all the blessings that God said he would give to Israel. And then... Look at the last part of the chapter. All the curses that will come upon them if they forgot the word of God. If they forgot who their king was. Now, let's do a little switch here. Let's look at how God has promised things to us. There are... A, a lot of them. 
including the ones we just read, because we are part of Abraham's promise. We are part of that nation. We have been grafted into that nation. So I selected a couple of them. First one is Mark 16, 16. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. We will be saved if we're baptized. That is his words. That is his promise. Do we believe it? Second one. Revelation 2.10. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Be faithful to the point of death, and there's a crown of life for us. That's a promise. Do we believe it? Titus 2.11 For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Salvation has been offered to us. That's a promise. Do we believe that? Matthew 28.18-20 When Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. There's two things that are said here. Number one, Jesus has all power and all authority. It has been given to him by the Father. Do we believe that? Do we live our lives that way? Secondly, Jesus is with us. Not just sometimes. Not just when he wants. Not when we want him there. But all the time. I will be with you to the end of this age. Do we believe that? Second Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Every promise he gives us, he is faithful. You ever made a promise to God and then not kept it? The reason he's so patient with us is because he does not want us to go to hell. He wants us to be saved, to be with him for eternity. And he has done everything that he possibly can to see that we don't go there. And all these promises are true. Now let's look back 
at the account of Josiah. I'm trying to make a comparison here so that we can ingrain it in our minds. Whenever the word of the Lord, the law of God, was presented, how do we react as compared to how Josiah reacted? Were you listening to his word? Do we ignore the word? Do we say, oh, that's antiquated. We don't need that. We're too far above that. Or do we actually listen and try to learn what God is saying to us? Have you let your temple fall into disarray? Disrepair. First Corinthians six nineteen to twenty. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You have been bought at a price. Therefore honor God with your bodies. Do you take things into your mind? that allows that temple to be desecrated? Do you allow the altar of Baal in your mind? Do you have things of worship to idols there? They did during Josiah's time. They actually had an Azure pole inside the temple. How horrible that was. They forgot the promises. They forgot the word. What's my first impulse whenever I hear the word of God? Do I want to obey it? Do I want to scream at the top of my lungs? No, that's not the way it is. That's not what I want. Or will we like Josiah? Not only do we want to hear it, but we want everybody around us to hear it. We want to present it to as many people as possible so that they can understand God's law. Do you remember Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, as Josiah did? He did it so much that he actually put it into practice. Or are we like the people in the time of the judges? They had no king in Israel. So everyone did as they saw fit. That pretty well describes our society right now. Whatever I want to do is okay. Because I think it's okay. They have no way of knowing what God's word is unless we share it with them. Do you replace the evil things with God's things in your life? 
We don't want a vacuum in our life. Vacuums don't exist except for in space. You're either going to have good or bad there. That's what Jesus was talking about, the parable of the evil spirits who left. They were kicked out. The man cleaned his house, set everything in order. And then the evil spirit came back, and he had seven more with him. There was not a vacuum there. Something had to fill it. What do you fill your vacuum with? With God's words? With truth and light? Or do you fill it with the world? God wants us to have a full life. He says that in John 10.10. A thief comes only to kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to its full. Some of the things that God asks us to do doesn't make sense to us. But as a creator of us, He surely knows what's good for us, doesn't he? He knows what will make us happy. What will make us have full life here on earth. But every turn, we kick. And we spit. And we push him away. And all he wants is the best for us. I'm aware... that uh, this is in the Old Testament. I'm aware that it is not part of the reading for the New Testament. But hopefully it's beginning, you're beginning to see just how valuable reading God's Word is. I'd like to read Mark 8.18. Jesus being aware of the discussion, their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? Don't you remember? You can't remember if you don't have the word in your heart. They were with Jesus for three years. Don't you remember? This morning we've heard the story of Josiah. And hopefully you've got something from it. If you're not a Christian, I pray that you've heard the word of God this morning and his law. You have the opportunity at this point to come forward and follow God's instructions on how to become a Christian. You've heard. Do you believe what you've heard? Are you willing to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and confess your sins and be baptized with him? 
for remission of those sins. If you're a member of the congregation and you need help, that's what we are as a family here. We're here to help you. We all want to go to heaven. Together. And the only way to do that is by surrounding yourself, as Josiah did, with good, honest people. The lesson is yours this morning as we all stand and sing. Are you-